Good morning. Welcome to the Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church Sunday School class. Uh, for those of you who are here in person, I say that not because I know you don't know, but a number of people listen to us online, and then they send our tapes out. So I want to make sure everybody knows that this is Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church and not some other one they might have stumbled on. <clears throat> we, we are beginning a new unit uh, today and for the next three Sundays. Um, we will be in the book of Daniel. So in your personal time in, of Bible study and reflection and uh, <clears throat> contemplation, spend some time in Daniel. I'm going to give you some uh, background this morning that will hopefully help you get put Daniel in context, but uh, make sure you spend some time there. Daniel, as you know, is a complicated, complex book if you don't know the word. But if you know the word, Daniel is very refreshing and very illuminating. And there are some hidden nuggets in Daniel that I think you'll like this morning. This morning's uh, lesson is in Daniel chapter 7. And so you know me, I can't start in the middle of anything. Uh, so I'll go back and give you some background. Perhaps we won't have to go through uh, as much of that next week and the week after as we study uh, this great prophetic book by this great prophet, Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 7, for those of you who are visiting with us who don't have books, God bless you, welcome. Uh, Daniel 7, the printed text is not <clears throat> 9 through 14, but we're going to go back up to 1 and come down to 14 just for purposes of context. Uh, and then we will uh, let you um, rush out to get your mid-morning snack before our services begin at 9.45 or 10. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning for grace and mercy and peace. We thank you for being our number one priority because we know that we are your number one priority. We know, God, despite everything we've heard and everything we've sung, that there is no line when it comes to you. We're not next in line. We're always at the front of the line because we're always beholding your face and you are always looking out for us. Thank you, oh God that we don't have to have a reservation to see you. Thank you, O oh God, that we don't have to email you to see if you're available. Thank you, O oh God, that we don't have to get on your schedule through your secretary or your executive assistant. Thank you, O oh God, that we don't have to have money to see you, that we don't have to have title to see you, but we can call on the name of Jesus. So here we are this morning just calling on the name of Jesus. Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, thy son of David, have mercy on me. This morning, God, we pray that you would bless us with such things that you see us standing in the need of. Bless our health, bless our wealth, bless our physical bodies, bless our mental stability, bless our children, bless our spouses, bless our friends, bless our relatives, bless this church, bless Bishop Shields, bless Hopewell Missionary Baptist Church family. Bless us, God, like never before. We need your blessings in our country that is divided like it was during the 1860s. God, we need your help this morning. But we know, God, and we rest on your promise that if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will you hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins and you will heal our land. We ask you now, God, in that pipeline of blessing to do that for this our country. Bless our state, God, for even in our state, 
People have to continue to want to go backwards instead of forwards. Even in our counties, even in our cities. Oh God, but you're the God that answers prayer. So we lay ourselves prostrate on the altar this morning, asking you to bless. God, first, we want you to know we ask you to forgive us for every sin we've committed by word or deed. Now, God, bless and keep us as we study your precious word. Oh, God, your word is a light unto our feet, a lamp unto our feet, God, a light unto our path. So, God, illuminate and enlighten us now. Let us find something out we didn't know before because we know your word is re refreshed and renewed every day. Now, God, bless this class. Bless the teacher. Bless us as we study. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, in the book of Daniel, uh, chapter number 7, where, we're, where, where the lesson begins or the unit begins. But let me uh, back up a minute because I know a lot of you have at least a passing familiarity with Daniel. But that passing familiarity with Daniel is really more focused <clears throat> on the miracles in Daniel rather than about Daniel the man. And so uh, Daniel uh, was an Israelite and the children of Israel, and this is going to shock you, for whatever reason, were not being obedient to God. Does that shock you? And because of that, God allowed them to be overrun, overtaken, invaded by the Babylonians, which we would call the Iraqis or the Iranians. So the Babylonians went down into Israel, sacked the city of Jerusalem, set it on fire. They took back to Babylon with them only certain of the Israelites, the more particular of those young people who showed great promise. Those who were, they say fair, uh, they didn't mean light-skinned, they mean those who were, who showed great promise. Um, this, this, this historical narrative is important because you'll find out that as they were leaving Jerusalem, as the children of Israel looked back, the gates were set on fire and they mourned that they lost this great thing God had given them. Therefore, you will find when you get to Psalms 137, where they got over to Babylon and the Babylonians said, tell me if this doesn't sound familiar to you, said, we heard y'all can sing really well. We heard y'all can dance and buck dance and do great things. Sing some songs for us. And the children of Israel said, we hung our hearts on the bushes. How can we sing songs of Zion in a foreign land? That's the reference in Psalm 137. I, I told you before, you can't study the Bible without studying the Bible because it's all interconnected. You won't ever understand Daniel, the book of Daniel, unless you read the book of Jeremiah and the book of Ezekiel. Now, Daniel himself, uh, the, uh, uh, his, his, the meaning of his name is God is my judge. Now, Daniel was taken to Babylon when he was 16. He was 16 years old when he went to Babylon. And guess what happened? They, because he was so smart, they sent him to the finest schools in Babylon. Now, here's why this is important. You don't see any reference in the word to who Daniel's parents were. But I must assume, based on what Daniel did, that his parents taught him the word of God as they had it then. Because at 16, 
he is separated from his kinsmen, separated from his parents, and goes away to Babylon, and then they put him in the finest schools in Babylon. Let me just tell you, in Babylon schools, they're not teaching Yahweh is God. They were teaching about a, 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 they had multitudinous gods in Babylon. They did not worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Something that the parents of Daniel put in Daniel made Daniel stand up under all that teaching and pressure and still worship God. That's important for all of us who send our children away. Sometimes we think, because sometimes they come back brain damaged. Oh, no, you know, they leave home with a perfectly good brain intact and come back with a leaking brain. You, it's possible for people to go away who know God and come back with that same faith in God. The other thing you learn from the book of Daniel, uh, because Daniel began to stand for God early. It's never too early once you get about, about past age 12 for you to make a qualitative decision that God is your God. And in our case, that Jesus is his son, died and rose again. Not too early to teach that, and to teach it in such a way that even if they go away, and even if they go astray, they know how to come back because you put in them the, 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 the love of God. I, I really do grieve that our children, younger children here at Hopewell and other places, don't go to Sunday school more. Don't come to Sunday school. Don't get involved in knowing the word because you got to have some foundation when you go off to college and you start hearing all this foolish philosophy because it is very enticing because they make it sound so good. And it gives you an excuse to sleep late on Sunday because they say, what you going to church for? What church going to do for you? And our kids will fall for that. So anyway, so Daniel... Um, now, and here's what I like too. It also matters who your children hang around when they go away. Daniel had three friends. You've heard of them, Shadrach, Meshach, and that big Negro. I mean, Abednego. <clears throat> and all of these young boys all decided they were not in a fraternity. They were not in a sorority. They were not on a football team, basketball team. They were not on a debate team. They decided as little children who came out of a Little, probably a little, little small synagogue <clears throat> and said, we're going to stand from God no matter what. Somebody said, now let me just explain to you what you just said. That might require your life. And the three of them said, young boys said, well, God is God. I can't do anything about that. And so you all know the story that because of that, what we refer to as the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were thrown into a fiery furnace because they refused to bow down because God was their God. It's one thing for you to say you're a Christian, but it's another thing on the penalty of death. I don't know that I could do that. I'd like to think I could, but I could be fooling myself. You might be fooling yourself. I'd like to think I would. I've never been tested to this extent. We, we think well, we go through on our job because people look at us crazy and we, we think that's bad. But that's not having your life required of you. If you don't say you worship this particular God, we're going to kill you. And the boy said, well, do what you got to do. We're not careful to ask you in this matter, old king. But if God wants to save us, he will. But let me just tell you this. If God doesn't deliver us, just so you and your mammy know, we will not bow down. 
This Daniel. I'm, I'm impressed with this Daniel. Uh, and then you find out uh, that he was a prophet, but he wasn't in the office of prophet. So there are others who are in the office of prophet. Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zechariah. Daniel is not in the office of prophet. He is a prophet because that's what God called him to do. May I hit pause and tell you something? You don't need a title to do what God wants you to do. People don't have to stand up when you come in the room in order for you to do what God says for you to do. You are in your, within yourself. You are the church. Everywhere you go, right? Grandma will tell you that. Let your light shine around my neighborhood. Let your light shine. So don't wait to be called up front. Don't wait on a title. You be a light wherever you are, and people will be drawn to you. There's something different about you. I know something about you, Sister Jackson. You're not the same down here in the government and on, 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 a, on Ted Turner Drive. You're not. You're different. You're different, Miss Gracie Jackson. You're different in the grocery store. You don't tell people off because they happen to grab the last five-pound bag of sugar. Right? You don't act up because somebody cuts you off in traffic. What's different about you? And you begin to say, that, oh, let me tell you, I met a man. <laughs> like the woman at the, at the, at the well said, she, she said, I met a man that told me everything. So, so he stood up. Now, the other thing about Daniel is he, didn't, he, did not, uh, he did not aspire to the office of prophet. He, just, he was available. You want to know why your name's not in the Bible? Because you won't make yourself available to God. You just got to be available. You just got to be willing to do what God calls you to do when God calls you to do it. Daniel made himself available. Now, the other thing we know about Daniel, and we'll get into it today as we get into the lesson, is that Daniel dreamed dreams and had visions. Now, the word dream as a noun ordinarily means those unconscious thoughts you have while asleep, that's a dream. Sometimes uh, that's based on what, you, what, you, what happened during the day while you have a dream. Sometimes you have dreams and what we call nightmares because you wait till 10 o'clock to have your cornbread and buttermilk and some collard greens and you know better because <laughs> you can't do now what you did 20 years ago and you fighting all night in the bed and the, the covers everywhere. That's a dream. But don't come to church and tell us about that dream. So dream as a noun is just that. Dream as a verb describes a thought that you have about a, a particular matter. So, I, so when you say to somebody, I, 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 I'm dreaming of a time when I'm debt free. I'm dreaming of a time when I'm cancer free. I'm, dreaming, I'm th thinking about it before it comes to pass. All right, that's also a dream. So Daniel was a dreamer. But Daniel also had visions, plural. Visions are not the same as dreams. Visions are God-inspired, and if it's for the plan of God, he will then allow you to, to, to dictate to other people, or excuse me, to interpret for other people this vision. Most of the time, a vision is not for your benefit. Okay? When you see people and all they talk about is stuff that's happened that God has told them about them, there's really no reason to tell you that. <laughs> right? 
the vision that's for the people comes through a prophet or through someone with that gift. Now, Paul says in, in Corinthians that we ought, to, we ought to desire the gift of prophecy. Now, don't get spooky on me and think that prophecy is only about somebody who can, you know, call you out in church and say, oh, uh, uh, Brother Cottrell, uh, hmm, I'm getting a, hmm, uh, you're having some problems in your body, hmm, around about the third clavicle. Yeah, at, at, at our age, all of us having problems in the third clavicle. If you're not, you'll have it tomorrow. You sleep funny. That's not prophecy. That's not prophecy. That's prophet C. P R O P H I. You're just trying to get my money. Daniel never wanted this mantle. He didn't go to God and say, Make me a dreamer. He didn't study it for it, right? Daniel just wanted to do his job. Watch what, how God takes care of people. When you hear about, by the time we get to chapter 7, really, when you hear about Daniel in the lion's den, have you all heard that story? Yeah. Daniel is 80 when he goes in the lion's den. Think about that now, because some of y'all already ready to retire and not do, ever do anything ever again, and, you know, God got to get somebody else because I'm through. No, 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 no. He's 80. Guess how old Moses was when God called him to the ministry? 80. Don't start, you know, it's not time to retire, it's time to refire. From young person, 16 to 80, God is using Daniel and Daniel is making himself available. Daniel could have said, God, get somebody else. I'm tired. I've, 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 I've been doing this for, I'm, I'm tired. But he did, why? Because God can use any of us and I want to inspire you seasoned saints. <clears throat> Be looking for that next frontier that God has for you. Your ministry might be on your couch, on the phone, calling to encourage people. You ain't got to necessarily leave the house. Your ministry might be emailing people, but just be available and know that God can use you no matter what your age. <clears throat> Daniel is a real prophet. Jesus identified him as a prophet in Matthew 24 and 15. <clears throat> Excuse me. Here we go. And in Mark 13 and 14. Um, when Daniel left home, he traveled some 900 miles away when he was 16. So he's a, he's a long way from home so the parents can't drop in and check on him. Like we used to do and, you know, surprise people. Hey, I just stopped by the school. Oh, Lord. Uh, uh, so he's a, he's a long way. Um. Nine out of the 12 chapters in Daniel revolve around dreams. Now, what is it that distinguishes the dreams Daniel is having and was having from dreams other people have? Daniel understood that he had a special dispensation <clears throat> because we all have dreams. And sometimes in those dreams, they appear sometimes even horribly real, Right? Because, by the way, you should know this from a <clears throat> psychological, um, physiological standpoint. Anything you've ever seen from the time you're conscious until you die remains in your brain. There's not a single thing you've seen, experienced, that that's not still in your brain. Your brain 
is the only computer that retains every micro bit of data that's ever come through your eye gate, ear gate. Okay? So that's why sometimes you will be in a dreamlike state and remember clearly something that happened when you were 9 or 10 years old. You can see yourself. You can see the clothes you have on. It only lasts for a brief second. Your brain does that. And I don't know if you know this, but every day when you go to sleep, your brain is programmed to replay everything it's seen that day. It's, it's pre-programmed by God. Everything that thing. So sometimes you'll see yourself in the middle of the night saying, I couldn't remember it. You think about something that you thought you'd forgotten because your brain's programmed like that. <clears throat> in Daniel's case, Daniel decided to do something that most people don't do. Go back to Daniel uh, in your Bibles. Go to Daniel 1.1. 1, 1, and you'll, you'll see this. Um, First, what Daniel does is he makes a decision very early about his commitment. Daniel 1 and verse um, 8. But Daniel, this is after he's been taken away, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the unity. So please notice that Daniel made a decision to obey. Say decision to obey. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't going to send him back home if he said no. But Daniel said, I'm making a decision. I'm 16, but I know better. I'm 16, but I've been taught a certain way, and I'm going to stick with that. And, and so Daniel begins his life of service in a foreign land, in a foreign country, on the principle that I'm going to stand by what God told me to do, no matter what it costs me. I like Daniel. Because he, he's this, it's, it's early. I don't know if he was married, because the Bible doesn't tell us. I don't know anything about his parents. I mean, I know David was the son of Jesse. I know Joshua was the son of Nun. I know Joseph was the son of Jacob. But Daniel's resume, not there. I say that because some people think that children only turn out a certain way because their parents are successful. That's a lie. That children only turn out and can do great things because their parents did great things. That's a lie. Some children turn out despite their parents. Right? Some people turn out well despite their circumstances. And you want to read a, meet a really sweet, committed kid, <clears throat> sometimes meet one who's been through a tough time. And those are the very ones <clears throat> who will do things you've, you've never thought they might do. So I like Daniel. Um, Daniel, uh, uh, once he makes, takes a stand, uh, he becomes a little bit like Moses and Joseph. Look at how God rewards faithfulness. Moses went to the court of Pharaoh, but stuck to being God's person, ended up being almost in command, leaves and comes back to lead the people. Look at Joseph. Joseph stands for what he believes in, and he also gets elevated to second in command in Egypt. And Joseph was also what? A dreamer. Daniel, like them, has that same pattern 
where I'm going to stand for the Lord no matter what, and God elevates them. Um, some people get a little concerned about Daniel because the book of Daniel is really more uh, apocalyptic in its view, but that's just because people don't understand the whole circle of the Bible. <clears throat> so don't get too out of sorts about the fact that there's a lot of ap apocalyptic, can't talk this morning, ap apocalyptic uh, uh, views in the book of Daniel. It's all going to come full circle, hopefully, if the Lord allows us to teach it uh, the right way. Um, of the 2,000, this is something I found out, of the 2,930 Bible characters, Daniel is the only one and Jesus of whom nothing negative is ever recorded. 2,930 Bible characters, nothing negative is ever. What a legacy that Daniel leaves. That, that's something for him to be proud of. His life, if you're taking notes about Daniel, <clears throat> was characterized by faith, prayer, courage, consistency, and get this, lack of compromise. He would not do it. He did not succumb to what we now call peer pressure. But see, if you are trying to pressure me into doing what's wrong, you really aren't my peer. You teach your children that. Those aren't your peers if they're trying to pressure you to do what's wrong. They're just folk you ran into in your life for a season, and you can go ahead and turn the page and set the clock back. Uh, last thing, I had a couple of other notes I wanted to... Oh! <clears throat> Daniel also, in his book, uh, deals with both uh, Israel's circumstances and situations and Gentiles. It's the first book in the Bible that deals with both Jews and Gentiles, which means God always had you in mind. Always, because the only reason Daniel would give us a <clears throat> preview of what's going to happen to the Gentiles is because the Gentiles fit in the plan of God. If you didn't fit in the plan of God, you wouldn't be in the Bible, but you are. Okay? All right? Um, 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 Daniel mixes, as he writes, some Greek with some Aramaic, and I like the Aramaic because Aramaic is the language that Jesus spoke. Uh, and it makes some scholars, i just tell you this in case people knock on your door early on Saturday morning and want to debate. Have some scholars say, well, Daniel couldn't have been written when it was written because it's an Aramaic. Well, the Greek influence that they got from Africa, Black History Month over? Okay, anyway. The Greek influence which they got from Africa was all over the world because the Greeks were all over the world. And it's not weird that you would find some Aramaic language in Babylon where Daniel was right. Okay, all right, now, uh, let's go to, to, to Daniel 7, and I'll try to finish the lesson. I'm sorry for that long background. Was that beneficial to you? I just want you to understand um, where that's coming from because sometimes we look at these Bible characters as if they are supermen and superwomen. No, they just made a decision. You just got to make a decision. I'm not going to do that, right? Or I am going to do that. I'm grown, right? But you don't blame on anybody. But they make you make a decision and you stick to your, your guns. The other thing I want to tell you is, don't let anybody, um, this is just, this is free. Don't let anybody knock you off of your anointing. Um, 
Don't let anybody try to trick and tell you that you aren't who you say you are and that you, God is not going to bless you. And you stick to your guns, right? You, you be you. You're the best version of you that will ever be. And all these other haters, just ignore these people because they don't have a heaven or a hell to put you in. You got to be you. You got to be comfortable in your own skin. Okay, that's free. All right. Let's look at Daniel 7. Uh, we'll finish this up. Okay, you still with me? I'll go back and make sure I didn't miss. Uh, I get excited sometimes because y'all be pushing me and I miss stuff. Okay. All right. Daniel 7, and please read the first six chapters of Daniel so you have some context. Daniel 7, 1. What, what, what we're going to see here today is Daniel's vision of four beasts and the Ancient of Days. But uh, by way of a little bit of historical data, let's look at this. Verse number 1 of chapter 7. In the first year of Belshazzar, a king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and he told the sum of the matters. Watch this now. You will notice that Daniel is the author of this book, but he's writing in the third person. He's writing in third person because he wants you to understand as far as he's concerned, he's an instrument, a tool of God. This is not about Daniel. He steps outside of himself to talk about himself as an instrumentality being used by God. We have to, when we teach, when we evangelize, when we witness, you got to step outside of yourself. This is not the gospel according to uh, Sister, Sister Susan. This is the gospel according to Jesus Christ. You have to step outside of yourself when you're sharing the gospel. Because a lot of us like to use ourselves as the example. May I tell you without offending you, that's a bad move. <laughs> Try to keep the focus on Jesus because you, as, as, as cute as you are and wonderful as you are and how, ooh, great, great as you are, not the standard. Okay? I like you, me personally, but you're not the standard. So Daniel writes in the third person about himself because he doesn't want to be about him. He's saying, this came to Daniel as a vessel being used by God, nothing to do with me. I don't have this ability on my own, all right? Because people can't see into the future. I don't care what Miss Cleo told y'all. <laughs> I had a problem with Miss Cleo because, you know, you got to call her and get your reading. I'm thinking, well, if you're a prophet, why don't you call me? <laughs> why am I calling you? I can call anybody. I can call. Uh, there's a special about Miss Cleo, by the way, on, on Netflix. You ought to watch it. Tricked a lot of people. You know why? Because people really get into dreams and the interpretation of dreams and will pay money to have somebody interpret a dream they didn't have. Remember what's different here about Daniel and Joseph. These dreamers is that they never ask. They tell you what you dreamed. Because God says, hey, so-and-so just dream this. Go tell him what it's about. And, 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 and also, by the way, these other experts, the Miss Cleos of the world, were present in the Bible. The Chaldeans, the magicians, you see it throughout the Bible. They could not interpret the dream even after the person told them what they dreamed. Right. Now, you're, you're a pole dream interpreter. 
If your job is to interpret dreams, and I bring you in and tell you to don't go dream, and you stand there looking stupid. Right? But Daniel and Joseph both could both interpret dreams, and not only could tell you what you dream before you told them what you dream. That's scary to me. I don't want to be nowhere around Daniel and Joseph. That's scary. He, he, Daniel did something that we don't do um, when you're using dream as a verb, and that is we don't write it down. Daniel wrote the dream. Now, you can't write down every dream. It doesn't mean anything. But in this particular instance, something about this dream he had caused Daniel to write it down. I don't know about you, but if you ever try to write anything in the middle of the night, it looks a little bit like hieroglyphics. I can't read it. Me write a, you know, it's, it's upside down. It looks like Stevie Wonder wrote it. I mean, I can't figure out what I've written. But apparently he had the presence of mind. This impresses me. To be able to write down in clear fashion what he dreamed. And you find out later that he wrote it down correctly and was right. That's impressive. Because it's one thing for people to go around town and put a tent up and say, come to the meeting. I can tell you your dream. I can tell you who you're going to marry. I can tell you when you're going to come into money. And all that stuff. But it's another thing to get it right 100% of the time. You cannot be like a weatherman if you're a prophet. A weatherman is 100% right 50% of the time. Okay? He's 100% right. 50%. To be a true prophet, you have to be 100% right 100% of the time. Right? Okay, watch this now. He said, um, um, he had a dream, notice, and visions. See the two differences, the two things, two nouns. He had a dream and he had visions. <clears throat> now this dream here, use his dream, is not when I told you where you're daydreaming, thinking about what could happen in the later on. This is a dream. Uh, uh, and this is about 553 B.C. So Daniel, uh, if this is the first year of Nebuchadnezzar's life, I'm sorry, of Belshazzar's reign, Daniel is now an old man, or an older man. Daniel spake and said, I saw my dream, my vision in the night, and behold, the four winds of heaven strove upon the great sea. Now the first vision, uh, one of four that are described in Daniel 7 through 12, was the most comprehensive. The, 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 the other three go into greater detail with greater framework. But Daniel could have given us more detail, but the Holy Spirit only wanted him to write down the main facts. You have to keep the main thing the main thing, right? It's really the difference between the way men communicate sometimes and women communicate, not negative. But if you see somebody at the store, and said, and it's in this. I see Miss Vicky at the store, and she says, Hey, David, tell Sharon, uh, we're gonna go to dinner uh, fr Friday night. Okay, Sharon saw Vicky at the store, said, We're going to dinner Friday night. What time? Don't know. Oh, she told me we was going to dinner Friday night. What I'm supposed to wear? Don't know. Just said, We're going to dinner Friday night. Where are we going to eat? Don't know. Just said, We're going to dinner. You can call them. Uh, what did she say about that? Don't know. You, you, that, that stuff you don't get as guys, right? Daniel said, I'm only going to tell you what you need to know. Because you don't need to know anything else. Right. Um, the, the first 
or the, excuse me, the, 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 the second thing Daniel does is he says, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the sea, excuse me, four winds of heaven, strove upon the great sea. And four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Uh, this four winds, and it's the, Met the Met Mediterranean Sea, which, by the way, is a beautiful body of water. This idea Daniel's trying to communicate is that what I'm seeing is something is coming out of confusion and tumult. This is chaos because he talks about um, it being a what um, great wind, um, that's the, a the fight between the heaven and the sea. And he says, uh, the four winds of heaven. Some see these winds as a description of the sovereign power of God striving with men. You'll see that in Psalms 35, 5. Uh, the, 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 the Israelites believed that the, the sea represented man, and this fight the sea always had represented God's striving with man. And when the sea was all upset and mad, uh, the, the Israelis interpret that as God striving with mankind, which is why you see the, the disciples are so shocked when Jesus comes walking on the sea, calms the sea, and, the, and they say, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? They put a lot of stock in the fact that the sea would be upside down, all right? Uh, these winds, as I said, describe the sovereign power of God. Uh, and here's what's weird to me. I don't know if y'all notice this. It says, and four beasts came up from the sea. What's weird about that to y'all? Uh, animals don't live in the sea. What's in the sea are fish and mammals, not, not animals. So you're seeing, so, so, so Daniel's already early on grabbed your attention because that's incongruent. They have animals coming out of the sea. Animals can't, they don't have gills. They don't have a blowhole like a, like a whale. So already something's going on that's unusual, but it's not necessarily spooky because Daniel's going to help us understand what's going on. All right, let's look at verse, because now, now let's talk about the vision and the interpretation. Verse four, the first, the first what? The first beast that's not a fish or a mammal that comes out of the sea, that first one I saw, Daniel said, was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. So Daniel has to have a willing audience, or somebody's going to say, you know what, Daniel? I told you not to smoke that stuff. I told you, it's going to mess you up, that, bringing that hen and mixing that with that alizé. I told you, you, not, you can't handle it because this is odd. It's not odd to us because we're Bible people. We're used to this kind of, but imagine if you're sitting in a room at work and somebody comes in and says, God told me to tell you something. I saw a lion come out of the sea. And it had eagle's wings. Boy, if you don't go take your medicine <laughs> and take some PTO. Here's my point. 
There are things that God may be dealing with you with that if you tell the wrong people, they think it's odd. You can't tell everybody your dreams, Joseph, because sometimes it's just for you. Some things are corporate, not everything. Okay? All right? Let's go a little further. We only got a few minutes. Uh, I'm going to read four through six, then explain to you about them and and come back. So first was like a lion. Had eagles. By the way, if you when you travel in the in the um, uh, in the Mediterranean area in Greece, you Rome, you'll see a lot of lions with wings. <clears throat> if you go even some art uh, places around Atlanta, you'll see lions <clears throat> with wings attached. That came from Daniel, because because man can't invent anything that God doesn't ordain. So when you see those images, that came. You'll see a lot of times on crests. You'll see a, a lion with wings. They, they, got, they stole that from Daniel. He didn't get any money for it either. They stole that from Daniel. Okay? Now, so he saw the first one, the lion. <clears throat> and behold, another beast, a second, like to a bear. And it raised up itself on one side. And it had three ribs in the mouth of it, between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. And this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. Woo! This lion um, is like a beast, but it had his wings plucked off, but it gave him a man's heart. The Bible says it was given to it. Um, a little later, Daniel tells us these four beasts are four kingdoms ruling the earth. The first is the Babylonian Empire, represented by a lion and an eagle. Uh, this fits well into King Nebuchadnezzar's reign. Um, and by the way, in Jeremiah, you have to read the whole Bible. I uh, use both the lion and the eagle as pictures of Nebuchadnezzar. The second, like a bear. Bear didn't have the majestic bearing of an of a eagle or a lion. A bear is just mean. A bear is strong. He crushes. That's why he got so much uh, uh, the flesh in his mouth, the, the ribs. But he's, a bear is just mean. And then the leopard is there because a leopard is known for its quick, sudden, unexpected attack. Y'all watch Animal Planet? I do. And the thing I like best is to see those sneaky animal attacks. Folks that drink down the water, drinking water, having a good time, listening to music, and all of a sudden, bam, that comes a leopard or that comes an alligator. Uh, they're quick. And so uh, that's the way the Persians were. Uh, the Medo-Persians, who were bears, were just mean. They were bloodthirsty. They kill you, crush you, and keep going. Now, um, um, Daniel lists these people in order of, that happened before they happened. As they took over Babylon, the Medo Persians, the Roman Empire. The only way Daniel would have known that is if God told him, because man can't see into the future. Like, at all, man cannot see into the future, unless God tells him. I'm almost out of time. Um, so let me f- finish uh, this. Uh, he saw the night visions, had a fourth vision. Uh, and by the way, part of this is occurring after Daniel has already, for, even though his job's at Jeopardy, has to go in uh, to Belshazzar uh, at, at a great feast. And guess what happened? Y'all know the first text message ever sent? The first text message ever sent was sent in Daniel. First text message. Meanie, meanie, tinker, you phrase it. First text message. God texted that to Belshazzar. You've been weighed in the balance and found warning. Your kingdom is required of you. 
That night, the, meat, the, the Persians slipped under the gate and took over. They were in there having a high old time. But God sent a text message. I don't want God texting me. I really had just talk to me, Lord. Uh, uh, the one I want, the last verse I want to get to in the one minute I have is verse 10. So I'm not going to get finished today because y'all slow me down. Um, Daniel describes this throne that he sees God in. And I want you to look at this verse 10. A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, God. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The judgment was set. The books were opened. When we get to the kingdom of God, Daniel says, there's so many angels and so many people around the throne of God can't even number them. John picks that up on the Isle of Patmos and says, there's a number no man can number. Here's the point of all of this, and we'll finish, we'll go to the rest of the next week. God is always in control. God has always been in control, and God will always be in control. Last point is, Jesus is Lord. You can take it to the bank. No matter what you're going through, stand for what's right. Stand up on your, prim, on, on, your, on your principles, but know this. No matter what circumstance you're in, God's going to take care of you. He's going to come see about you, but Jesus is Lord. See you all next week. Sorry that we didn't get a chance to finish it. Good morning. I trust that everybody had a restful um, <laughs> evening that you know is not one hour earlier that you set your clocks ahead when you went to bed. Uh, and now we are ready to go forward with our Sunday school lesson that you will find in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter number nine. It's a little out of sequence because next week you'll see we'll be in Daniel chapter eight. But for purposes of today, uh, Daniel chapter nine, this is a Interesting uh, lesson full of a lot of nuggets that I hope we can get through. It's a fairly lengthy one, so we'll try to try to uh, condense as best we can, and then I'm going to try to get you out of here at 9.40, so that those of you going to <clears throat> have duty next service can ha have a quick minute to get downstairs. Uh, I also pray that all of you are enjoying um, studying your Bible uh, during the week, not just because of Sunday school, but just as a matter of lifestyle that you're starting to get into it and let me know if I can help in any way in that, that regard. Uh, today's lesson uh, is, is entitled Daniel's Prayer. Uh, and and, and <clears throat> we talked last week a little bit about Daniel and what Daniel was doing and who Daniel was. And I'll go back over some of that. But I want you to focus intently on sort of the method Daniel uses here and see if you can incorporate it into the way you pray and how you approach prayer. The bishop has been teaching on prayer uh, every Wednesday night, so this is really a good dovetail. So let's pray, and uh, we'll jump right in to see what uh, Brother Daniel uh, is saying to us. Spirit of the living God, help us to pray. Father, we thank you, we love you, we praise you, we adore you. You are our God, and beside thee there is none other. We thank you for your grace, your mercy, and your peace. We thank you because you are the God of gods, the King of kings, and the Lord of lords. You are the great I am. Whatever we need, whatever we desire, whatever we want, whatever we aspire to be, we know that is present in you. 
And so for this, we say thank you. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy and peace. We thank you for your loving kindness and your care. We thank you for just one day looking down on us, saving us, sanctifying us, and fill us with the Holy Ghost and that with power. Lord, we thank you for being our peace, being our joy, being our love, and being our sacrifice for sin. We could not have paid the debt we owed, but Jesus paid it all, and all to him we owe. Thank you, Father, for blessing us this morning despite the clock going ahead. We know that man is in control of the clock, but you are in control of time, and we find that out through studying the book of Daniel. We want to pause this morning, God, to give you praise. We, we might not have gotten everything we wanted this week, may not have felt as great as we wanted to feel this week, but we want to praise you for being God. Now, God, deliver those who are under any kind of bondage or any kind of struggle. We pray for their complete 100% deliverance right now in the name of Jesus. Whether they're in our family, our extended family, or in our church, or anybody connected to us, we pray for their complete deliverance in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for our families, God. Thank you for those who love us and who love us for no other reason but just to love us. Sometimes when we're not lovable, they yet love us, we say thank you. Now, God, we pray especially for this church, Hope Well Missionary Baptist Church, and its leader, Bishop William L. Shields, that you will bless and keep him even as he breaks the bread of life to us this morning. We stand ready as empty pitches before a full fountain. Then, God, we pray in particular for this Sunday school class and those connected both online and in person. That you will bless them, God, for their love and thirst for the word. You said in your word, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Now, God, bless, deliver, set free. Open up our minds and our hearts. Open our ears that we may hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. 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 So good to be uh, back with you and so good that we can do it uh, in person where those online cannot see us and then those us here cannot see you so when you're yawning and carrying on nobody will will know so just help yourself till you get back recalibrated to this new time daniel <laughs> chapter nine <clears throat> daniel's prayer uh, you know that daniel was snatched away from his home and went to live in babylon when he was age 16 and he in effect i love how um the Bible is inspired by God, but written by men. And do you notice that they refer to it, uh, love, as the Babylonian captivity? They won't say slavery because that's what it was. But, it, but that connotation, I think, just made the writers use a different word. But it, it is captivity, but, but he, Daniel was a slave. So the thing about being a slave, which will be important as we go through today, is the fact that when you're a slave, you're a slave every day. So you don't get vacation from being a slave. And when you're a slave, and you're a slave every day, your every move is scrutinized. What you eat is scrutinized. Who you talk to, where you go is scrutinized. So I think sometimes when we read Daniel and we read about other times when the children of Israel were in captivity, we, we sort of um, clean that up like it's just though they're in captivity. They got up at 8, had breakfast, went down and had, you know, went to work. Uh, noon, they stopped and had lunch. No, no, no. You have no control over your body or your movement when you are a slave. They say in the, in, the, in, the, in the South, where slaves were in this country, that slaves never ventured, for the most part, more than two miles from their home their whole lives. 
Think about that now. And look what we, how God has brought us. I don't get me started on that. But I, I said because here is somebody whose whole life, movement, every breath he takes, everything he does is scrutinized. That's why he ends up getting locked up, uh, thrown in the lines there. That's why Cherry and Meshach and Abednego get thrown in the fire furnace. Uh, uh, because they scrutinize him. And yet, being under that kind of pressure and that kind of intense scrutiny, Daniel prayed. Daniel kept his mind on God. <clears throat> and so we have no excuse in a country like this one, our children and ourselves, that we don't follow the dictates of God, and at least we ought to pray. The other thing is that um, Daniel, uh, it's, it's a marvelous thing that we get to listen in on a godly man praying. Uh, it's one thing to hear about somebody praying, but we get to listen in. Let me give you, because there's so much in the <clears throat> verses we have, a quick outline that might help you as you study it. Um, the first thing you ought to look at, you ought to know, is that Daniel prayed according to the will of God. If you're making notes or when you go back later to listen. Number two, Daniel's prayer was prompted by the prophecy of Jeremiah. We'll come back to that. Before he prayed, Daniel prepared his heart for prayer. Uh, and uh, Daniel's prayer con consisted of both confession and petition. Both what? Confession and petition. All right? So we get let in here on some classified information. Um, a prophet in the word of God, a prophet in the word of God in prayer that Daniel's doing, precedes this sort of panoramic review, review of the whole entire uh, being of the world. Daniel gets to see not just what's going on in his day and other day, but all the way to the second coming of Christ. That's a big thing to get to see. And Daniel, because of his prayer life, was able to do that. And we get let in on this classified information because Daniel tells us exactly what it is he prays. Uh, it's almost like you hear in uh, John 17 with, with the, what is really the Lord's Prayer, Jesus' Prayer. We get, we get let in on the actual prayer. So uh, uh, the other thing by way of, of, of outline is that the prayer Daniel is praying is a prayer about 70 years. You know that the children of Israel were in slavery in Babylon for 70 years. That was the prayer was regarding 70 years, but the answer to the prayer is 70 weeks of years. Don't get hung up there. Just know that Daniel is not just talking about the, 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 the static time where he's, what he's, that he's in, but going forward. The prayer Daniel prays, I'm giving this by way of background so we can skip through some of these, is a prayer for restoration. The answer is the answer of ultimate restoration. So look how God takes what Daniel is praying about and then expands it, super expands it, to deal with a much bigger issue. Sometimes when we go to God in prayer, we don't know everything God knows. So we pray for somebody based on our surface understanding. You never know anybody any more than they let you in. So you pray on a service understanding. But listen, God knows the inner workings and intents of the heart. Prophecy, I want you to understand, is important. But prophecy, because Daniel's a prophet, but prophecy is no substitute for prayer. Although Daniel had been let in on, on some secrets, it didn't make him stop praying. God never calls us to be so speculative or worried about the future that we lose sight of the present. So we pray in the presence, 
present. God always rewards in the future. Daniel is praying in a, in a very intense way, and I want you to see sort of the, the pillars of what makes up the reason for Daniel's prayer. So uh, the, the lesson starts at verse 4, but I'm going to start at verse 1 and go through real quickly. <clears throat> verse 1 says, Daniel chapter 9, those of you who are just tuning in or just uh, uh, turn, turn this on. Daniel chapter 9 says, In the first year of Darius, the son of Zerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans. Uh, when Daniel gives you a reference point, which is the first year of Darius. Well, that first year of Darius is about 538 B.C. That would put it, get this now, 67 years since Daniel has been in captivity. So that makes Daniel 83. So old man Daniel, it's not like you see in the picture books. We actually had a Bible growing up, you know, secondhand Bible before they drew these pictures. No, Daniel's an old man. He's an old man when he goes in the line then. Daniel keeps praying, although Daniel's 87. My grandma was like that. Probably some of your grandma was like that. <clears throat> He's been a slave all these years, but he keeps on praying. And he wants you to know that when, he, when, when this, this prayer is going forth. And here's what I sort of give when I give Daniel a, a title Daniel appears to me to be a scripture-saturated saint. He understood something from reading God's prophets. Now watch this. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Daniel says that he um, uh, knows who's king over the realm where he's living, but he's not king of kings. He said, I respect that Darius. As a matter of fact, Darius is my boss. But that same Darius who's my boss tried to have me, tried to have me eaten up. So I'm not, I'm not confused about why my, where my allegiance lies. Just like he did it one time, he'll do it again. But I'm going to keep praying to the, to the God of all gods. Then verse 2, I'm, I'm trying to hurry. In the first year of his reign, that's the reign of Darius, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Wait a minute, Daniel. You mean to tell me you've been reading the Bible? You mean to tell me you're in slavery? You're enslaved? You are under bondage and you yet read the Bible? Notice something I've, you heard y'all heard me say this before. You can't read the Bible without reading the Bible. What gets people twisted is that they'll go to a book or a scripture and read that and focus there. But you have to have the full picture. Amen. Anybody who cooks knows you have to have all the ingredients. Or those who are like me or have discerning taste will say, you didn't add something that you need right along in here. Daniel is a man who reads the word. He says, this came to me after I've been reading the book of Jeremiah. So Jeremiah, who you know was a prophet to the nation when they were in, in bondage, and we all like to quote Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and bring you. But, but Daniel says, I read Jeremiah, and it prompted something in me that let me know that my prayers to God weren't going unanswered. Uh, Daniel says, I, I knew God's promises that I read in Jeremiah invited me to pray. I didn't just rest on the promise. When I read the promise, it prompted me to pray for the promise. All right? 
We know Daniel is a, Daniel is a serious prayer, right? We know because he got arrested and convicted of praying that Daniel used to pray at least three times a day. Now, you know, uh, Muslims pray five times a day facing toward Mecca. Daniel prayed three times a day. Under Jewish culture, that was required. Morning, noon, night, they had to pray. Now, let me give you a key here if you're, right, if you're taking notes. Based on the Bible and based on Daniel and others, do you know how many times a day you should pray? Here it is. Ready to write this down? As many times as necessary. Now, there's no form. It doesn't have to be five. It has to be three. You have to get a little, little rug and put it down under you and, and pray uh, uh, facing toward Jerusalem. As many times as you need to call on him, call on the Lord. Don't let somebody get you on a prayer schedule. Pray whenever you need to. Later on in the New Testament, it says pray without ceasing. All right? So, uh, so Daniel says, I, I, I picked up something from, from, from reading the word and from praying, and I realize now that Jeremiah wanted me to pray uh, so that I would see what's going on as I deal with my, uh, my own situation. Uh, Israel was incorrigible in their idolatry. The reason they were over there uh, and in captivity, I say slavery, they say captivity, I don't want mess to mess up their game, but they, they were idol worshipers. And one of the things that has affected the whole world, as the world we live in right now, is most people are idol worshipers. I'm not talking about some image uh, built up. I'm talking about we put a lot of folks on the throne rather than God. And because of that, that's why we see all this calamity, is because God is not in first place. Do you understand, notice you said, the other way, that's too simple. If God was on the throne in every nation, there'd be no wars, there'd be no poverty, there'd be no... Um, the kind of, of, of wretchedness we see now, but he's not. Nobody's fault, just know that that's the reason. So the same, that, that swept them all away over into Babylon where they did not want to go. So um, uh, God, through his prophets, had to explain to them why they were there, but there was a way out. So let's keep going. Verse number three says, um, And I set my face unto the Lord God, to seek by prayer, by what? And supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Daniel says that, uh, he says, the secret to my prayer is the right use of scriptures. I'm not trying to take the scripture and bend it to my situation. Like I see some people do on, on, on TV. Uh, some, some preachers do it, some teachers do too. He said, I'm not trying to bend it to fit my circumstance. I'm going to pray what the scripture says. I'm not going to get too, too crazy and try to interpolate the scripture and try to make it fit. So Daniel says, I gave my attention, and, and that Lord God we know is Adonai Elohim. He's talking about the God of all gods. That's who he's focused on. And Daniel's secret to prayer lay, uh, lay in a couple of things. One, he prayed with the right use of the scriptures, but Daniel's prayer was a fervent, white hot prayer. He said, I set my face. That means I'm determined. Daniel did not have one of these go all day, running from pillar to post, dealing with this one and that one, dealing with this thing and that thing, and then, oh, you fall out in the bed exhausted, and now I let me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul. The kid about you down before I wait. I pray the Lord my soul. Amen, amen, amen. I pray. No, you haven't. 
you, that's not focused prayer. You're just, you're just repeating something, just, just a mantra. Daniel said, no, I set my faith. I was determined to talk to God every day. How long should we pray, Elder Ware? As long as it's necessary. What if I don't have time? Then if you don't have a two minutes, you pray that two. If you don't have a one, pray that one. You might not have a 10 seconds. If you're in some calamity, some plane crash, some car race, you might not have time to go through a whole prayer. You might not have time to talk about, it. I give honor to God who led my life, Pastor Bishop, all the saints and friends, their respect. You don't have all time for that. Jesus, my son of David, have mercy on me. Is that just what you might not? That's all you have to be able to say. So Daniel said, but I set my faith. So every time I get a chance, now don't get spooky on me and, and, and not live. And every, every minute you're praying and you, that's not what he's talking about. Daniel says there's a pattern here that you can adopt where you can be normal and still pray a lot. Okay? All right? So let's, let's, let's go a little further. He talked about supplications. Notice that's plural. You don't have to go to God with a grocery list. You can pray to God for three things, 33 things, 3 million things. Supplications, it's okay. Don't let the devil tell you you're asking for too much. This is not a Christmas list, right? Where, you just, where people say, oh, you got too many things in here. No. Whatever you need God to do, my brothers and my sisters, ask him. Seek. Knock. And when you get to that scripture in New Testament, that ask, seek, knock is in the imperative, which means keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. Isn't it interesting that the acronym there is ASK, ask, seek, knock. Keep on asking. It's okay. Now watch what Daniel did. And fasting we'll deal with later, but what Daniel is talking about is a little different than the kind of fasting we do. He's talking about um, he's so serious about prayer that he didn't have time to eat. You see the difference? It's not, I'm going to skip lunch and, and breakfast and eat dinner. No, Daniel said, the kind of fasting I'm talking about is, I, I'm praying so much, I forgot to eat. All right? So Daniel's at a level I'm not at. Y'all, I know y'all there because y'all super saints, but Daniel's doing something way different, which is why my name's not in the Bible. All right, nine four, <clears throat> And I prayed until the Lord my God and made my confession and said, He's going to tell us what he said now. O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to them that keeps his commandments. Notice here, y'all, prayer is a response to the word of God. Daniel's prayer is rooted in what he read in the word. He knows what he can ask for. Let me give you this analogy because he's in the right store. If you go into a McDonald's and, 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 and ask for a Wendy's burger, they're going to put you out. You have to know where you are. You know what it is you can ask God for. You cannot pray and really love your neighbor's new Kia and say to God, God, please bless me with my neighbor's new Kia. You know that's wrong. I guess you know. <laughs> I hope you do. You will know if you do what? Stay in the word. Daniel's praying. His prayer is what? In response to the word of God. It was when Daniel received from the God, to see the word of God from God that he knew where and how to pray. Study first, then pray. Pray, then study. Study, then pray. Pray, then study. It all goes together. Verse 5. 
we have sinned and have committed iniquity, watch this confession, and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and thy judgment. Daniel says, um, um, defend that, please rise. How do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? Guilty, Your Honor. Daniel said, don't play with God and go in there and act like, I, I, did, I didn't really do that. I, I, you know, I don't know what was wrong with myself. Something came over me. No, you came over you. It's okay. Catch confession is good for the soul. Daniel says, we, and he didn't say y'all. He didn't say this. He said, this is a family affair. I don't want to just get right. I want my church family, my immediate family, my extended family, my country, my nation, my world. We have sinned. I don't want to just be the only one God's blessing. Y'all don't like that, are you? I want everybody to prosper and everybody to do well. Daniel says, we messed up. And so I'm coming to you, God, to let you know I recognize that we messed up. But I want you to know something, Pastor Robert. Please notice that your sin does not prevent you from praying. It is the reason that you're praying. Amen. Don't let the devil talk you out of praying because you've sinned. That's the whole point. Is you get to go to the doctor when you're sick to get the remedy that you need. Don't let the devil say, oh, you, ooh, I know you're not going to pray after all you did. Yes, I'm going to pray more. Why? I need the Lord. Why? To prevent me from the next time. Maybe I'll do a little better. Then after that, I'll do a little better. But don't let the devil get in your head and tell you you don't have the right. You have the right to come boldly to the throne, especially when you have sinned. Especially. Daniel says we know better, but we don't do better. I'm still going to come to you, God, because you're the only one that can clean us up and stop, get us off this hamster wheel. Verse, verse 7. Daniel says, O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto, but unto us confusion of faces as at this day of the men of Judah and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and unto all Israel that are near and that are far off through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass that they have trespassed against thee. Daniel says, I want to make something real clear. This punishment we're suffering is our fault. Daniel said, I don't want that there be any confusion that I think or the people think this is something you're doing. We did it. We confess. Guilty, Your Honor. He says, this is a shameful people who are scattered, and they are shameful people because they were a sinful people. Notice that Daniel doesn't do like Moses and tell the God to swallow them up and get shut of them because they sinned. Daniel says, no, I know they're sinful people. You know they're sinful people, but I want to remind you of something, God. Without being too um, uppity, they're your people. You care about them because you want them to come back in the right standing with you. This is the family of God. I know we're so selfish about our immediate family, but he's talking about the whole family of God. God had not failed Israel. Israel had failed God. And yet, here's God listening for their petition. Isn't that amazing? He keeps wooing you. The more you act crazy and out of pocket, the more God keeps knocking on the door saying, 
Let me know when you feel a little better. We talk. I know you acted up last night. Sleep it off. Give me a call. As soon as you get up, we need to talk. Why? I love you. You can't do anything that's going to make me leave you. Uh, I, I like the, like the uh, girl said on the internet to the boyfriend who was trying to leave her, she said, either you're going to be with me or we're going to be together. <laughs> it's just that simple. <laughs> God, you can't get rid of me. My grandma used to say, God can't get shared of me. I'm going to be there every single time. Now, you notice that, uh, 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 that, that righteousness belongs to God. He's the righteous one. Please, people of God, measure yourself against him, not some other man or some other woman. Don't try to be like X. You be like God. You, you, we have a lot of heroes. A lot of people we think a lot of. I do. A lot of people I highly extol. Believe, you know, think they're great. But I want to be like them. I want to be like Jesus. I want to emulate them if they, they're successful. And they, but I need to be measured by, by God. Okay? All right? Um, verse 8. Daniel says, O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of faith, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. Daniel says, let's be real clear. The situation we're in is not because we lost some battle. Not because we made a strategic decision that didn't work out. Not because we elected the wrong president or the right president. We're in the situation we're in because we sinned against you. Daniel says, let's be real clear. And most of us, if we were honest, in the situation we're in is because the, the contemplative decision we made on an ongoing basis is nobody's fault but ours. My, old, my grandma used to say way down in the country church on the side of the road, uh, it's nobody's fault but mine. If I die, and my soul be lost. It's nobody's fault but mine. She said, I got a Bible I can read. I got a Bible I can read. If I die and my soul be lost. No, it's the culture. Oh, our young people are acting crazy because of the internet. No, they're not. Oh, they're acting crazy because liquor is so, so easily available. That's not why. Oh, they're acting crazy because there are no standards. That's not why. We left our first love. We're not teaching them. We're not staying on them about it. We don't insist that everybody who touches our children come in contact with them. Do right, act right, be right. And we, we get slack. And we've let, we've let things go that we shouldn't let go. I'm not talking about you becoming a tyrant and beating your children every five minutes like we got. I'm just telling you, don't try, don't try to, and I didn't deserve it. I'm just telling tell you, uh, not one time. I'm just trying to tell you, don't tell that lie. Everything we get is what we've done. We've, we've messed up. Now, God's not like, he's not standing around waiting for you to mess up and then punish you. I'm just telling you, don't act like it's the culture. The culture has something to do with it, but the culture has something to do with it because the culture we created. God didn't create, God didn't tell y'all to do any of this stuff, right? And so don't put it on him. Now, <clears throat> Here's what I like about God. Verse 9. To the Lord our God. Wait a minute. Stay for just a second. <clears throat> um, a deep sense. 
and clear sight of sin, its heinousness, and the punishment which it deserves should make us come to the throne with bowed knee. This is why you approach a holy God with humility and reverence. You don't have any business in there. You are invited to come into the Holy of Holies and to the very presence of God. Don't go in there like you know, like you deserve it, like you're a VIP, right? Like you're the velvet rope people. No, you go in in deep humility. God, I am godly sorry for everything I did. I'm godly sorry for stuff I should have done that I didn't do. Bless me, forgive me, I plead the blood of Jesus. He's the only reason I can even call your name. Forgive me, Lord. I really get scared of arrogant Christians. Arrogant Christians disturb me greatly because they feel like I've accomplished everything. No, darling baby sweetheart, please understand God is the only thing that's keeping you upright. And it's not because of you. It's all because of his son. I didn't mean to go there, but I had to go there. Daniel 9 and 9. To the Lord our God belongs mercies and forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Would you take a minute if you, get it, if you have a pencil and underline in your Bible, forgivenessness. When I saw that word this week, I was like, forgivenessness. I've never even used that word. Um, forgivenesses. So he said, this is a, what, what I call, I was an English major, a super plural. So it's, it's that there is no depth to God's forgiveness, no height to God's forgiveness, no length to God's forgiveness. God has as much forgiveness as he needs. Listen, in every situation. There's some stuff we've done that's heinous, some things our friends have done, our family, that you think, oh my God, but he still forgives. I don't understand God. Because he's not like us. Because we want retribution. We won't, we, we won't, we'll forgive you, but we got to exact a price. Right? If I get mad at you, I'm not going to talk to you for a day or two because I want you to feel the punishment. Right? God, as soon as you confess, forgets. That's why I love him. As soon as you confess, he forgets it. That's why I love him. As soon as he, you confess, he forgives you. That's why I love him. So, 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 so this stuff, this is, 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 this compassion and forgiveness is, is, I love that word, is, is, is metaphor. Listen, from God's goodness flows God's mercies. From his mercies flows forgiveness is, is. There's a Hebrew word they use here, which is raham, R-A-C-H-A-M, which can mean God keeps you in the womb. That, that word here used by compassion in this verse, God always keeps you in an enclosed space. You're always safe with him. He has you in a womb uh, of what, of what uh, Job referred to, or what the devil referred to Job, as a hedge of protection. You're always safe if you stay within the womb, if you stay within the place God has hedged about for you. Still with me? All right. Um, Let's go to verse 10. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us 
by his servants, the prophets. Now, uh, that metaphor there, walking, you know, you can't walk in laws. But what Daniel is saying is, walk here is in a figurative sense to refer to your conduct and your behavior. Their conduct demonstrated that they had not obeyed the voice of Jehovah. It wasn't so much that somebody was taking notes. It wasn't so much that he was asking them. He said, it's pretty obvious, right, that you didn't walk, stay in, stay mindful of, stay focused on my laws. Now, when Daniel says laws here, um, he's not talking about those 650 plus ceremonial laws that you see in Leviticus. He's talking about the whole panoply of what you do based on being people of God. Now, everybody had not violated every law, but somebody had violated every law. So Daniel says, God can't deliver. I'm not asking God to deliver just the good people from Babylon. I'm asking him to deliver the whole nation. So I got to confess what? For the whole nation. I'm just not praying that God would do well for the people that hope well. I hope you don't pray like that. I'm also praying that God would deliver everybody, bless everybody, help every family. Because if your family's problems are anything like mine, I know you have to pray intensely, right? And I don't want to just be the only one. I hope you don't either. We're doing well, us four and no more. But we all ought to want everybody to come up together. It ought to hurt you when I hurt. And I ought to hurt when you hurt. If you don't, You're missing the essence of being a Christian. It's a family affair. Sly in the family stone preached that one time. It's a family affair. That's why Daniel's doing this. Listen, y'all, Daniel's living pretty well. He got a good government job. Right? He's eating well. Why? He's at the palace. Daniel's not living in the ghetto. Daniel's straight. He's, He's in charge of people. People have to have to genuflect. When Daniel comes by, he's living good. He had to do this. He could have just rolled it out. Got his pension, moved to the lake, rocked in the rocking chair, right? Pastor Love saying that because he want to do that. And just chill. But he cared about his people. Daniel, y'all, was not stressed in terms of his, his immediate surroundings. But Daniel never forgot that just as sure as I get too comfortable, they're going to snatch me out of here and throw me back in the lion's den because when you stand for God, somebody's always scheming. But Daniel said, I want my people delivered. I want my people to acknowledge that you are God and come back into the fold. I thank God every day that somebody else is praying for me, not just me praying for me. Because sometimes... We get to the point where we have a certain arrogancy that we don't confess everything. We confess that stuff we think God saw that we didn't see the stuff we think we hid, right? He sees everything, just so you know. But I want you to understand, pray for other people. Pray for other people. Reverend Cleophas Robinson sang a song, pray for me. When you bow down at the altar, please, don't forget to what? Pray for me. I love Daniel because his approach 
is a very teaching, I'm sorry, is a, a good thing for us to emulate uh, how we ought to approach God in prayer. Daniel says, uh, we didn't obey your voice. Uh, somebody's got their phone on, so it's <laughs> repeating back to me. Now, here's what I want you to listen to this. Because we all go to church, we all go to Bible study, that kind of thing. Hearing does not guarantee obedience. A lot of people grew up in the church hearing, and as soon as they got a chance, they went left. It's, not, it's more than hearing, right? You got to hear and obey. All right. Um, let's go to number 11. Indeed, well, back up. James says, um, yes. All Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore, the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. Daniel says, I cite as my reference the book of Deuteronomy. In other words, you can't study the Bible unless you know the Bible. So Daniel says, it's all connected. What we're getting Daniel says, God promised us in the wilderness. Y'all read Deuteronomy 28. You know what happens. All these blessings will come on you if, you if you obey the voice of God. Blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the country, blessed in the city. Your sheep, your kind. Your, they said, but if you don't, all these curses will come. Daniel says, we got what we bargained for. God warned us, and we went the other way anyhow. And he keeps warning us. And, and notice now, Daniel's speaking corporately. He says, all Israel have transgressed thy law. Again, not everybody violated every law, but Daniel doesn't see them as separate. See, he sees Hopewell as one unit. Not that the Sunday school class is doing great. I'm scared about the usher board. No, no, no. He sees it as one unified unit. He wants everybody to do right by God, not select people. All right? I get scared of Christians who say they're the only ones living right. Somebody said one time, this is the Holy Ghost headquarters. You know you lying. <laughs> you stop it, right? It's important that your love is enough that you want to see everybody do well. That I want to see Sister Priscilla do well, just like I want to see uh, myself and my family do well. Why? Because the love of the brethren ought to be big enough that I'm not mad if you do well. But Daniel says, and when you mess up, I'm going to act like I messed up. Wouldn't it change your prayer life if it hurt you that somebody you knew messed up rather than you and you went to God like you did when you messed up? That's what he's trying to teach us, right? He's trying to teach us that that love that we have for each other as the old folks talked about that ran from heart to heart and breast to breast. He's trying to teach us to get to that place where it's as important to me that my children do well, that your children do well. All right? Let's, 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 let's step on a little bit further. <clears throat> that, by the way, that all, when it's used with Israel, uh, is the entirety of Israel. No exceptions. Everybody needs to live right for God to bless the nation. Not just pockets, not just little spaces. That's what, what irritates me about politics is people are so self-interested that they only want to benefit people who voted for them. 
So I wish you'd go somewhere and sit down. I need you to be concerned about the entire community. Because if you drive down uh, up 85 and on the right side is Buford Highway and, and up that way and everything up there is poor and, and falling apart, but on the left side is Buckhead and everybody's doing well, that's something wrong with that. Right? Same tax base, same money. So you can't, when you approach life like that, you irritate me. Because I, I know that's not God. I love it when other people prosper. I get double excited when other people prosper, all right? I'm going to read the last um, two because I'm, I'm trying to get you out. I'm already past time. And he hath confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not done as has been done unto Jerusalem, 13, as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us, yet may we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. And the last, therefore hath the Lord washed upon the evil and brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for we have obeyed not his voice. Daniel said, there is a remedy, there is a cure. We've got to obey, but more than that, people of God, don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray. Don't forget to pray. See you next week.